Oh, you're definitely ready. Do you not want to drink or anything? Uh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely fine. Thank okay, you. look at that, you and your phone. I know, well, it's because I've... Phone notes. It's because I've been... When we were doing it on Zoom, <clears> I got into the habit of writing my notes on my laptop. Yes. And I was like, well, I don't want to cart my laptop up here. And I have to. <laughs> so I, 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 I emailed my notes to myself... Very good. Yeah, Classic. Now I'm going to read them off. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about the emails? Yeah, yeah what about the emails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a rapist. What about the emails? And welcome to Not The Special Edition, episode 66. We're the internet's very own geeky podcast that doesn't have tea for their evening meal. We have dinner. Joining me for supper tonight is... It's Kit. And I'm Miles, the other way around. Oh. And I was really glad, because when you got here... Mm. You, you were offered like a cup of tea or something. You said, no thanks, I've just had my dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> it worked perfectly. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, welcome, Kit. Hello, 2023. How are you? Um, all good. Yeah, lunch, dinner, supper. Yes. For me, tea is a drink. <laughs> or you can have tea in the afternoon, as I used to with my grandparents. Uh, they'd have sort of literally have cups of tea and cake on the lawn. Uh, okay. <laughs> just yeah, throwing that out there. But also, yeah, it's a beverage. Yeah. Um, what's our special feature today? Catricious. Well, you always text me going like with funny stories of what you've just done in CEX, so, <laughs> and it's we always try and come up with these semi-serious sort of questions. And I, I just half as a joke. Uh, what's your worst CEX trade? Nice. Seems to go quite well. So yeah, yeah um, looking forward yeah, to it. So what's your worst CEX trade? And obviously, don't have to be quite that specific. It could be any place where you exchange. Uh, DVDs or games or anything like that. But, yeah, yeah, I extended it to charity shops and pound stretchers and whatnot. Anyway, that sort of thing. Yeah, the Should... amount of times that you've t- <laughs> you've messaged me going, they gave me bloody twenty p for this thing which I used <laughs> to cherish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, let's get to recently seen, have we? Because I imagine it's quite a lot. Let's go. I got a couple that I'll focus on, and then I'll, I'll sort of. Zip through the rest. All right, okay. So, well, yeah. you might as well start then. So, recently seen. Recently seen. Um, so, I recently saw... This is a, a bit of a compare and contrast. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I watched both the 1978 and 2018 um, Halloween films Okay. Um, within a week of each other. Right. And and that was really... It's obviously the John Carpenter originally, uh, original and 2018's David Gordon Green mm-hmm. um, and it, to each other. This was the first time I'd seen the 2018 one, obviously not the first time I'd seen the original. Of course. I really enjoyed the remake. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to. Would you necessarily call it a remake or a sort of legacy sequel? Well, that's a the requel? thing. I, I feel like it kind of, um, it treads a line between the two because mm. there were some, that was part of what I was going to mention, like there were some shots that were literally identical mm. or mirrored with, with the different people in the different roles, like the shot of the classroom and then... Jamie Lee Curtis stood outside. I was like, "Oh, it's brilliant!" Yeah, and yeah. then there's a bit at the end, um, you know, where she's in the cupboard, and it's like, and because you know what happens in the first film, mm. it's like, well, obviously he's going to be in the cupboard, yeah, yeah. and then it, it kind of tricks you into. Mm. It, it's like it, it's it's a more rewarding experience for someone who is a fan of the original sure. films. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it, and and I mean, my th- so my first th- so when you. 
Now, don't don't do any spoilers or anything. But when you talked about having seen Halloween Ends, mm. you said, "Oh, you know about them taking it down a certain a certain route." Now, yes, this was the first time I've seen Halloween the original for quite some time, and particularly, uh, I think when I watched it before, it was, it was before I'd got into horror as much as I am now. And I, I looked at it and I said, and, and there's this shot of him where he's looking down the street and she's walking down the street. And uh, and just, it's, it's so beautifully shot. And I was like, he's not, he doesn't want to kill her. Like, he's in love with her. Like, that, oh, wow. That, to me, like, that's what I like. He was, it was like a look of longing. With, but he's, mm-hmm. what, what, it is, what he's doing, yeah. is it that he's disgusted by his own sexual urges? Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's why he's going off dispatching these... Mm-hmm. Women, I don't know, like because he's sort of exposed to something in early age, early age that he shouldn't yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, yeah, I, <clears throat> I just liked everything about it. The color palette, that orange, that sort of dark, misty tone. Mm-hmm. The music was really good. I, I thought it was like it was updated, but not too far removed. Mm-hmm. The siren sounds in it were just, just immense. That rising sense of tension. Yeah. Um, some of the pacing of it was identical, mm-hmm. um, and. I really enjoyed some of the things like the the kind of taking the piss out of the psychology aspect of horror, like the, those two documentary makers at the start, and yeah, they're like the trying to analyse in him and yeah. that. And it's just like, no, he, he just likes killing people <laughs> with a, a big thing, you yes. know. Um, Brutal as well, I thought. Yeah, it was, yeah. But I, 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 I definitely action. enjoyed it, and I'm definitely keen to see the other two. Okay, um, good. Even despite the, the you know polarising mixed mm-hmm. reviews that they get. Um, I'll be really keen to see what your opinions are on Kills and Ends. For all I know, you might love them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could see it, I might maybe not leave this bit in, but I just... So my thoughts would be I could see it going one of two ways. Mm-hmm. I thought, either she is she going to have some sort of psychological breakdown where she like tantle? Or do they are they going to like weirdly reconcile in some sort of way? I can't, I can't work it out. Okay. It might just be throwing me. Also, I do need to mention that being the age I am, I've always found the name Michael Myers faintly ridiculous um, because the first exposure to that name would have been the comedian Mike Myers <laughs> right, okay. before I knew anything about the Halloween films. So okay. it doesn't have that same <laughs> sense of dread for me. Luckily, I revert, I regained the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, never got in. Have you ever seen Jim Wolf paint its uh, Mike Myers movie sort of medley? Oh, no. It's really good, where he places all of Mike Myers' most best-known roles. Yeah but then puts him into Mike Myers from Halloween. So um, you've got Shrek like <laughs> trying to kill um, Laurie and things like that. And then you've got Austin Powers in the cupboard and things. It's really good. Um, yeah, excellent. Oh, I'm glad you thought that. I'm glad you've seen it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Watch the second and third, please. I will, I will. Let me know yeah. your opinions. Have you never seen, I take it, um, Rob Zombie's weird... 20, 2009, 2007 ones? No, I've, n- I've never really... Other than... Um... I'd quite like to see um, two and three, and I'd quite like to see H two O. But the rest of them, I'm no, not no. really that fussed about it to be honest. No, um, well, three is interesting because oh, do you mean two and three from this new cycle? No, Sorry. no, no. I mean from the, the original. original. Okay, well, three has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It's, yeah, uh, um, season of the witch, which is fantastic in its own strange way. H two O very. It's a completely alternate timeline, right? But I think it's. A really good, really strong sequel. But does 2018 pip it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it does. It's certainly arguably more fun. Mm. Anyway. Okay. okay, well, going from one horror to another. Mm. Right, I've seen Smile. 
Smile, Gary. Smile. Uh, smile, yeah. Smile. <laughs> no, Gary, stop taking a piss for Gary. Gary, just smile, you fuck lump. Smile. Smile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, it's directed by Parker Finn. Oh, yeah. Pa- oh, one Parker of them. Yeah. Yay, one of Parker Finn's. It's actually it's, it's his, I assume, directorial debut. Except it's Parker a man or a lady's name? I would have thought it's a man's name. I was on the fa- phone to a Drew today. Yeah. A lady. Okay. And I did say, sorry, is Drew your partner's name? And she went, no, quite, I've quite definitely confident. come across Drew. I mean, Drew Barrymore. Drew Silla. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. What is it you like to talk about? My patient. Hi. I know you're nervous. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something no one else can see except for me. It's smiling at me. Dr. Rose something or other encounters a terrified young lady who just days previously witnessed a creepy suicide. Woohoo! Events ensue. Mm. Okay, that's the only setup I think that's really worth giving to it. I had a really good time with this, and I think it's a very functional horror film, and I do not mean that as an insult. Mm. Because you can easily take that as really the most faintest of praise and actually something of a dig. But I don't mean it, I mean it's an incredibly efficient horror jump machine with a very simple premise and a very likeable very sort of dependable cast i think the score's really effective it's got of a it's like a sort of spiky sparse stripped back percussive clatter that really sort of gets under your skin i like that and cinematography is very good for you know especially for a debut it's very bold and inventive i think possibly at times it tries a little bit too hard uh but you know that's just me being picky i think it's sort of buries deep within the themes of the film, which is like trauma, depression, even psychosis. Um, and it carries itself very well to the, I will say, slightly underwhelming finale. I think almost every horror film these days just lets me down at a subpar final act. That's just how it is. So many horrors stumble at that final hurdle. Um, that's no exception. But, you know, other than that, which I think is a very minor key, um, it's good. It's um, I think the premise is wholly unoriginal. If you've seen The Ring, It Follows, uh, Takashi Mike's One Missed Call, even like The Babadook to a certain extent, you kind of know where you are within the first 15, 20 minutes. But you know That's fine. I don't think every horror has to reinvent the wheel. This just, you know, adds another spoke. I'm not going to say that's rubbish. Anyway, so if you're looking for a swift, efficient evening scare, I think you could do far worse than this. I was, I was quietly impressed with it. And I know that, again, it sounds just really mealy mouth, like it was okay, but it was okay. And I think it was, it was, I had a really good fun time with that. I think that's the most important thing. So yeah, smile. <laughs> but that, it's the best horror film I've seen that's an anagram of my name. <laughs> so yeah, go and watch Smile if you want to. I'll do it. It's got some really good creepy imagery in it too. Well, smile. <laughs> what about the uh, 1983 classic Slime? Oh yeah, shit. Um, no, it's better than that. What's yeah. that anyway? I don't know <laughs> what that I is. just made that up. Oh, oh you bastard. Sorry. Um, just assume that there's probably... There might be one called Limes. Limes, yeah. Yeah. It's all about limes. If someone goes around squirting lime juice in someone's <laughs> eyes and they're all like, oh no, get out of my eyes. I'm yeah. allergic to lime juice. <laughs> <laughs> citrus. <Yeah>. Citrus. <laughs> get that citrus out of my yeah. eyes. That smile. Smile! Fucking smile, will ya? No, right. that's it. You're out the photo now, Gary. What, why do you keep saying that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that from something? No. You've just made it Smile. Up. <laughs> it's like you're not you're ruining the picture. <laughs> Sorry. Man continues to find himself hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
Go on, then. What have you got? That's smile. Smile. Okay. Um, so the next thing I want to talk at a reasonable length about is mm-hmm. um, uh, I watched 1986 Manhunter, uh, directed by Michael Mann. Michael Mann, yes. Uh, which is the first uh, film adaptation of Thomas Harris' uh, Hannibal Lecter novels. With Brian Cox. It has got Brian. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah, yes. A be- beautiful astronomer <laughs> slash keyboard player, Brian Cox. Yeah. No, it doesn't have that. It has feigned Scottish actor, Brian Cox. Yeah, they from succession and like... Uh, that's not how he sounds. I don't know. <laughs> do not know not how he his, sounds. You, you can't do more than one Scottish <laughs> accent. They all sound the same. <laughs> I don't even know what part of Scotland that's from. <laughs> the Scottish part. Oh yeah, of course. The famous <laughs> Scottish part. Um, I did like a quite good David Tennant. Yeah. So I mean, although that is probably the most notable thing about this is that it was four years before Silence of the Lambs mm. um, obviously stratospherically famous film and Hannibal Lecter is not the sort of mythic beast he becomes in later films in fact he's only in about two or three scenes mm. in this film um, and I know that even sort of you know Anthony Hopkins um, portrayal of him in Silence of the Lambs he's, he's still not in it that much it's all so masterful and commanding mm. that he really does sort of steal and it's very much not the case in this this is sort mm. of you know, um, William Peterson from To Live and Die in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is very much the star of this show. Yeah. And it is, uh, it's very much a Michael Mann film yes. rather than an adaptation of a Thomas Harris novel. It's, it's sun-bleached. Yeah, kind of yeah. It's, it looks fantastic, though, I've got to yeah. say. Like, I, re- I did really enjoy it. And, yeah, it's, it's more, it's like an, it's an 80s hard-boiled crime thriller rather than a psychological one. I'm not saying it's quite in Miami Vice territory, but the 80s soundtrack does give it a particular sense of place in time. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I thought it was really interesting also to watch something that I'd not watched before, but I pretty much knew the exact plot of because it was remade as Red Dragon yes. with Ed Norton yeah. as Will Graham about 15 years later, mm. which I Ray am. Fiennes he plays? Yeah, Ray Fiennes as Francis Dolomite. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. And it's it, slightly odd tonally in places, but I don't know whether mm. that's just me sort of applying the meta knowledge of what that yes. series is going to become. No, I don't know, think so. it is actually. I, I think it is a little bit odd. But it's really interesting what you said about it being basically a... a a police procedural, like yeah. a crime thriller, because I think I think it's Kim Newman has always said the difference between uh, horror and uh, thriller mm. is Science and Lambs versus Manhunter. Ah, Science and Lambs okay. is there designed to scare you, designed to creep you out, designed because you know you go down to a basement, which is like you know this yeah. horrible vault of horror. Yeah, it's all clinical and white, isn't it? Where um, he is in Manhunter, just the sort of is it like a white padded cell or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. yeah. yeah. Quite an understated performance, almost to the point where I sort of forget what he's like in it. Um, well, he's, he, he spends one scene where, like, with his back to them, um, and then there's <laughs> another scene where he's like rewiring a telephone so he can get a code, but he's much more, almost kind of much more straight-talking in it. Mm. Like, he doesn't sort of play like the word games and, and no. that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but like I say, he's re- he really is not the focus of it at all. No. It's, it's definitely Will Graham seeking out a serial killer. Yeah. That's the same atrocious aftershave you wore in court three years ago. Yeah, I keep getting it for Christmas. Did you get my car? I got it, thank you. And how is Officer Stewart? The one who was first to see my basement. Stewart's fine. Emotional problems, I hear. Do you have any problems, Will? No. No, of course you don't. Yeah, I'm glad you finally seen that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen um, what's it called? Hannibal Rising. 
I've not seen that one, no. No, you haven't seen it, don't. Okay, Keep really? it that way, it's right. fucking abysmal. Oh, yeah. really? It really right. is, yeah. yeah. It's properly awful. Where, where chronologically, is that set? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows who shit. cares? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so right. rubbish. All right. Well, oh my God, this is a horror fest today then, Christ, because I've got okay. another one. Okay, I've got Me 3 Gan, or Megan, as it's actually oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen the adverts for that, yeah. I, of course you have, everyone creepy has. Creepy little doll. Uh, yeah, we creepy little doll. Oh, it's fucking scaring me. That's a different, you went into a different region. Then. Of course I did, I've yeah. got them all. <laughs> <laughs> all from that bit to the other bit. <laughs> all right, Megan, so, directed by Gerard Johnston, a Kiwi director. I don't know who that is. Uh, produced, however, by James Juan uh, off of Saw, Insidious, f- uh, Fast and Fabulous, whatever it's called. Juan. Juan, yes. Juan. Aquaman. And actually, weirdly, he did the creepy doll movie Dead Silence, which is not a very good creepy doll movie. Um, stars Alison Williams, who most genre fans will know from Get Out as the girlfriend. Right. And, of course, she was in The Perfection, which I thought was brilliant. Grand Guignol fun. Um, she's got very classic sort of American chin. You know, mm. like in the sort of Jennifer Nelson mob, very strong jawline. Oh, yeah. And, all right, um, sorry, if anyone says, like, why you talk about a woman's appearance, um, quick, fire a man at me so I can do the same thing. Um, Brian Cox, he looks like some porridge. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, just sort Brian, of thrown under a bus. Brian Cox does, does look a little bit like a mannequin doll that's left out in the sun too long. <laughs> and, like, the... the the oil has gone on. He's got an oily sort of face. He does. No, now you're just making me like, you've made me pick a man. Yeah, a I just said he's got a strong jawline and you said he's ugly. That's not uh, fair. What is, I don't see, it's not, it's not a critique. I'm not going to defend you. You'll get cancelled within minutes. <laughs> okay, so Megan. Uh, so a young child from a broken home gets given a high-tech life-size doll with advanced AI who's yeah. wonky programming and misunderstanding leads to, you know, certain carnage. So far, so Child's Play 2019. Is that an unfair comparison? Well, it's what I thought when I saw the adverts. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's not. It's it's um, it? basically takes a very, very similar tack yeah. to that film. Okay. And one funky little dance aside, which I think has been like the backbone of all the sort of social media friendly mm. buzz that surrounded this film, I struggled to see how it betters anything that's come before it. It unfolds at legendary sort of predictable pace. I didn't hate it, but... I just I summoned to care about anything that was going on in it. It's a real shame. Mm. It it doesn't misfile spectacularly. It just never really ignites. It never really gets going. It's it just targets like lazy parenting, screen time, disengagement. Uh, I suppose we'd arguably which tw- Child's Play twenty nineteen didn't really do. Uh, but it's kind of in a half-assed catch-all, will this do kind of way. It takes ages to get going, and because it's really clear, at least to me, exactly where the story is going to go. And I think to anyone who's seen the trailer. It's simply a matter of sort of waiting for it to get to that moment. You know, like a, a grumpy neighbour in the in the film next to the do- the, mm. the girl, she has an aggressive dog. You know, w- what's going to happen next? Yeah. Well, it does happen. It's not so much that it does happen and that's unexpected, because like I said before, like if something happens unexpected, it's fine. It's just the lacklustre manner in which it happens. There are flashes of fun dispersed throughout, like it's nods to Robocop. There's some fun, slightly OTT performances, mainly from the company that are producing the doll. I think they kind of get it, but everyone else, it kind of lacks that wit or verve or spark that something I think this silly really demands. It's not knowing enough to let loose. Uh, the earnesty of the early scenes really get in the way. Oddly, though, and I don't say this very often, I would welcome a sequel because I think it's got promise. I think it's got a flash of inspiration. And if they can harness that and just run with it for the sequel, I'd be more than happy to watch that. But yeah, I just 
Marilyn, I'm, I'm just failing to see what everyone else is seeing in it. I just found it mm. quite rote and a bit dull. Souls, Megan. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Some of the, like, some of the robotics or whatever you want to call it are pretty good, but that's not really enough to carry a no. movie for me. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, Megan. You'd hope that any film being released in 2022 would have decent robotics <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I definitely wouldn't recommend it, but um, it's probably swimming against the tide. There, I think most people have, who want to see it have already watched it. Go on, then, what you got? But just before I go on, why do some of your neighbours still have their Christmas lights out? Do they? Yeah, there's I like coloured lights on a hedge up there. Well, I think that's just hedge wear. No, just hedgeware. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. they're Christmas yeah. lights. Well, all right, they're extending the Christmas period beyond the season to cheer everyone up. What's wrong with my neighbourhood, bro? <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> just in the broad gate plate, massive. It was so. It was a bit eerie. Do you know what? It was eerie walking up to you just then because so I've been playing The Last of Us Part Two. Oh, okay. Um, PlayStation Network. They had a like a January sale on. Mm-hmm. And I got it for like eight quid or something like okay. that. Really, re- really enjoying it. I wasn't sure because I, I loved the first game so much. I was almost hesitant to play another. Sure. I was like, well, that's that's it. I'm quite happy with it. As yeah, that. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just playing a particularly creepy sequence, and I sort of mm-hmm. came up, and everything. It's really misty out and like dark, yes. and there's freezing. Yeah, and it's freezing cold, and I was a bit like, ooh, spooky. But um, I just played yeah. a really good video game actually. Oh yeah. High on Life. It's from the creative team behind uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. It's got that sort of adolescent brash humour throughout, yeah. which I find really funny, but most people turn it off. But I think that's what annoys a lot of people about it. But actually, you can turn down the level of engagement. It's actually a really solid, fun shooter. You zip about the place completely, mate. Nice. Anyway, sorry, go on. Nice. Uh, so the rest of it, it it's just some of the stuff you've mentioned before, some of it I'm just going to kind of <clears throat> skip through a load because it's been a while since we met up I've been basically binging iPlayer and all four player so I've oh, okay. so much stuff on there so Good. anyway uh, you reviewed this before so 2019 Saint Maud directed oh, by yeah. Rose Glass um, I really enjoyed it mm. uh, I thought it was uncomfortable but it was meant to be uncomfortable uh, yeah. in the bits that it, it was what I, what I liked about it was that a lot of um, films which go for the sort of uh, you know, the main character is obsessively religious. Do it. They use the film like as a vehicle for sort of promoting their own militant atheism. Mm. And I thought this actually, um, it was it was it was a it was a critique of of that girl's character in the way the situation. It actually had quite a lot of reverence mm. for the world that she lives in and has immersed herself in. I didn't think mm-hmm. it was sort of disrespectful in any way. Sure. And I thought it was. You know, it was a sort of, oh, would you describe it as a psychological horror film? Mm-hmm. I think, something like that. Yeah, totally. I, I thought it was, it was not, because it wasn't overly long. Um, some very uncomfortable scenes, particularly the shoe scene. Fuck yeah. Just awful. Mm. Um, and the end sequence of it. I mean, the bits where, like, she, so you see, like, her religious experiences from her point of view. Mm. And I thought they were, like, they were really... These moments of beauty in this very uncompromising film. Like, yes. I really enjoy, and there's a scene. There's a scene with angel wings. Yeah. And it was just stunning to watch, mm-hmm. and then it just yeah. cuts that final that half fu- half a second frame at the end. Fuck me. And you're like, oh man. 
But it's like, I would have actually been happy with the ending just before that. Like, make it entirely from her point of view. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's excellent. It's just, like, fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memories of Murder. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? I that the, sounds yeah. like a tea time detective drama starring, like, Hetty Wainthrop woman. No, it's not. It's a... Um, Korean crime thriller uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Oh, him, okay. Him off of Parasite and mm-hmm. other things. Yeah. Um, star- also starring Song Kang-ho, who is in various things, including Parasite. And right. the film that um, uh, I reviewed last time. Um, please get me Mr. Nasty. Please get me Mr. Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> what was um, it called again? Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. <laughs> That's it. Um, and yeah, it's it's loose. Apparently, loosely based on true events. This is a police procedural in the classic mm. sense. Okay. Um, of apparently a series of I think murders that happened in the eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a based based on a book. Re- just really good. Again, I haven't seen a bad Bong Joon Ho film. No. Yet. Bit of a Rashomon sort of thing going on, where they're like you get people's different perspective on things, and whether one thing is right. It doesn't let up right until the very end. Like, are they seeking out the right person? Like, mm-hmm. what are the intentions of the different people that he has to work with? Yeah, definitely worth checking out um, if you like that director or you like crime thrillers. Well, I wish luckily, the... I like both. Yeah, uh, I watched a film called. Memory, The Origins of Alien, which is about the making of the first Alien film. Oh, thank God for that. The, yeah. the title alone just makes it sound like shit. No, no, no. Right, it's, it's a ter- it is a terrible title, but it's essentially <laughs> a documentary about... Um, it, it's mostly about Dan O'Bannon and how he sort oh, of okay. took his um, ideas and flushed them out into, and how it became mm-hmm. the first Alien film, how they got H.R. Geiger involved, yeah. um, how that some... Um, you know, producers would, would wouldn't touch with the barge pole, and it ended sure. up being with certain, uh, you know, other people. Just if you if you like Alien, I thoroughly recommend watching. This but again, film. I like Alien quite a lot. I mean, right, down a balance there. It always sounds like <clears> an Irish <throat> name to me. Sorry. Um, does it mention Dark Star? I believe so. Yes. Okay. I, can't I, re- I still haven't got to the end of. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, I watched it a couple of months ago, so I can't I can't remember every every aspect of it. But okay. um, not particularly within the remit of the, this podcast. But I watched what? the Baz Luhrmann um, Elvis film from last oh, year. I heard it's good. It's really good. Yeah. It's actually really good. It's it's very much not a standard biopic. It's like this weird, but it's almost a fantasy film in some ways. Like well, it's Baz like Luhrmann's this, pretty yeah, known it's, for his sort of unusual it, flights of it's, fancy. It's, 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 it is very Baz Luhrmann. It's like it's literally <laughs> okay. it's got like they don't but bother paying any attention to like historical period accuracy. No, so like okay. there's a bit where you know like Elvis is preparing to like give his like first performance mm. in like 1950 whatever something like that. Right. And there's like part of the music that's scoring it is like pop from the 2000s and that like right. weirdly but like remixed into. Mm-hmm. Um, music of the time it, I, I can't really describe it it was so different to what I was expecting mm-hmm. yeah. it really is a sort of bombastic film okay. um, very very enjoyable um, back on our sort of territory mm-hmm. I watched um, Blood Simple the first Coen Brothers film from oh, 1984 have you ever seen that? I've seen that I don't think oh, I don't know have I? no I don't think so no I think you'd know so um I'd say for the first sort of 20, 30 minutes of the film, 
you'd, you'd be hard pressed to know it's that it, they haven't really quite found their style yet. Mm-hmm. Also, it, it's got a very, very stereotypical 80s sort of soundtrack. They haven't yet found okay. it. You know, like most of their films that then became scored with like that sort of Americana, that kind of Alan Lomax sort of style of uh-huh. uh, score. Um, but it is, it is a sort of noir. It's got their sort of familiar kind of snappy dialogue and pace. Mm-hmm. Particularly there's a character, there's a, like a private investigator character who's just so Coen Brothers, it's not true. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, re- really enjoyed that. Um, okay. Again, quite short and to the point. Um, fantastic. Uh, just a couple more I want to go through. Um, I watched The Limehouse Golem. Oh, yeah. Have okay. you seen that? Yeah, I love it. Did you review it a while back? I think you mm, might have done. I don't think I did. I have seen it, but uh, I'm okay. pretty sure I didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, what did you think? So you liked it? Really liked it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought it was excellent. Yeah, so The Limehouse Golem, um, story of like pre, pre-Jack the Ripper sort of Victorian mm. era at London uh, serial murders. Pretty sure it's uh, Jane Goldman, isn't it, who scripted that? Jane yeah. Goldman scripted it, and that was yeah. one of the things I was going to um, mention, because I've been quite critical of her in the past, because of some of the stuff that she's worked on. Like, yeah. I, I don't... But with this, I thought it was, was excellent. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> maybe, it's, maybe it's the source material that she's given to mm. work with, I don't know. I mean, it possibly helps. It was, you know, this was based on a sort of critically acclaimed... Short story, I think, by Peter. Yeah, Ackroyd. I couldn't remember. If it's a short story or graphic novel, but it's a it short, probably is. Yeah, it's, a, it's either a short story or like a novella or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, so yeah, very, very good. Quite uncompromising in its depictions, uh, as is a lot of it. But as it kind of red herring, mm. uh, reminded me a lot of. I felt like it. It was the film that the film adaptation of From Hell. You know, the Alan Moore yes. one. I feel like that's what this. That's what that film wants to be. Oh yeah, they, they feel like of a, of a piece, really. Those two, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, I feel it sort of flew under the radar a little bit, and it's still a bit, a bit of an underappreciated gem. But I really, really like it. I think it's a difficult strong. one to sell to an audience because it's kind of from this sort of literary, like highbrow mm-hmm. area. But it's also about serial killers, which normally quite often is marketed to it in a different way. Yes. So it's it's sort of maybe in, in limbo a little bit, but. The other thing that I watched was, uh, I watched from 1982, 48 Hours. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Have you heard him these days? No. Very funny voice these days. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He sounds like his light bulb caused me torn out and just cheese grated. It's horrendous. It was about two white cops in San Francisco, and it absolutely did nothing. It was a terrible strip. So I called Walter Money. I said, Walter, are you really serious about doing this? He said, yeah, I'm real serious about it. I'm going to start rewriting now. And I want you to go meet Eddie Murphy. So I flew to New York, and I got 48th Street, and I knew a black sack of saxophone player there. And I got up to his apartment. And in those days, there was a... Um, white powdery substance running around that was abused badly. Well, I guess if you talk like that for 40 years, it's going to maybe take its <laughs> yeah. toll. Um, one thing, I didn't realise this film was directed by Walter Hill, who I really enjoyed. For, uh, the, the Warriors is probably... Oh, OK, yeah. sure, right. Um, and also, uh, well, I was expecting, like, buddy, crime buddy comedy from sure. start to finish. Um, first 20, 25 minutes played completely straight. Okay. It's, it's, like, it's not until mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's in it, which he's not for the first act of the film pretty right. much that, that any comedy is in it and then mm-hmm. after that there's a lot of comedy because that's what Eddie Murphy does yeah but um, what came first then that or Beverly Hills Cop I've never seen 48 Hours 
Do you know what? Or even another know. 48 hours. Yeah. I don't know. Which the. I don't, I'm not sure of the year of Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. So maybe this was the first one. I don't know. Which they called it 96 hours. Is that 48 times two? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, because it's like another that. 48 hours. It's not 40 hours plus yeah, 40 hours. 40 hours plus. <laughs> each, okay, they each, should have a box set called the 96 hours box set. It slightly longer to solve the crime. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they'll bring one out next year. It'll be called like a week and a half. <laughs> All right, no, yeah, I don't know which one's first, but um, yeah. I love Eddie Murphy of that era. I just think he's so engaging and funny and caustic. and He's just charismatic from start to finish. From the top of his head to the tip of his toes yeah. to his penis. Yes. <laughs> I assume. Um, well, yeah. Any others? Uh, no, that's pretty much been done. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, very quickly, Barbarian, um, yeah. which is now on Disney. I think it was out, released at the end of last year. Zach Kreger. Don't know who that is. Actually, is he the one who directed... Oh, Maybe. One of the films I'm talking about this week um, was directed by the guy from Ali G into House. I uh, don't know. <laughs> Could be him. Might be not be. Anyway, Georgina. It stars Georgina Campbell, um, who's been in Black Mirror and Broadchurch, uh, Bill Pennywise Skarsgård, and Justin Long, who I last watched in Kevin Smith's unusual 2011 horror Tusk, mm. uh, replays a similar kind of dickwad. Um, Georgina Campbell. It's set in America, but you've got two leads there who aren't even American. So two people discover they've booked the same Airbnb, my mistake. Oh, no. I know. A, a discovery leads to mayhem. I'll say no more because everyone else says, it's better to go in blind. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but I will hold to that rule just because I don't want to ruin it for anyone else. It's a weird film. I didn't particularly get along with it. I enjoyed the boldness in its very silly final act, but it was completely, and I mean completely, disjointed from the first part. Um... There is a real sort of palpable tension built up in the opening scenes between the two leads. There's some super creepy imagery and the wonderful exposition told through, you know, visually. There's proper menace. There's some real sort of outsider energy, which I really like. You know, someone in a place they shouldn't really be. Always puts the fear of God into me. Um, but once the film shows its hand, again, a bit like um, Smile, I was far less invested. And it's not just that it was silly in the final act. That would be okay, because actually, weirdly, it reminded me of Malignant, which is directed by James Wan, no less. His unsure tone of the whole thing made the finale much more sort of confusing than satisfying. I've seen reviews of this that really praise that particular sort of method of attack. You know, oh, it's dangerous, you know, you don't know where you are with the story, you don't know where with the director, you don't know where it's going. And it, but to me, that feels like they're just throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, hoping some of it sticks, rather than sort of an assured hand guiding the ship in the right uh, direction. It's like, okay, let's just have a bit of everything, shall we? Let's have sexual politics, police indifference, social decay, monsters, you know, and roll credits, we're done. Um, I just felt it didn't gel at all, especially because that first sort of 30 minutes is so good. Um, I'm probably being unnecessarily harsh, but I just feel it would have worked so much better as like a, a super tight 45-minute X-Files sort of episode. It, it really much more fits the mould of that. But, you know, the performances were both top-notch. Well, all three, actually. The score was a really good sort of rubbery, electro-80s assault. Um, and it looks really good. I think that's important. So it just didn't quite come together for me. So, yeah. Um, a barbarian, a lot of people love it. And, I'm again, I'm the outlier here. And I don't know what it is about it. And very, very quickly, The Menu is also on Disney. Mm -hmm. Directed by Mark. Ah, uh, he's the one. My Lod. Mark mm. My Lod. He's the one who did. He's done loads of succession. Started in, like, fucking... 
Brian Cox. Brian Cox again, like that. Ah, it's not a dog; it's a poodle in a cage. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so someone said to me once. <laughs> Can I in the house? I was like, "Well, there's no pets, I'm afraid. Well, it's not a real a dog; it's a poodle in a cage." <laughs> like, that's still a dog. <laughs> no matter which contraption you pick, keep well, it in. You got straight into that with virtually no context. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering right. what sort of weird situation you got yourself into. Sorry, go on. Uh, so he's he he's the one who directed Succession, Ali G and right. Sonia was mixing them up. Anyway, it stars Ray Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor Joy, who is brilliant in absolutely everything, and Nicholas Holt, and pretty much ditto. Uh, it's a slightly pretentious film about pretension itself, like obscene wealth, cult of personality, fear of missing out, sucking the joy out of life. Um, it's based on like two couple. They go to a, a restaurant and eat a meal. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. Um, I think it would frankly work just as well, if not possibly even better, as a stage play. Um, I thought it was a bit needlessly cruel in bits, um, but it left some <laughs> food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. Welcome to Hawthorne. It'll be our pleasure to feed you. Tonight will be magical. Over the next few hours, you will ingest fat, salt, protein, and at times entire ecosystems. We're eating the ocean. We're eating the ocean. Are you crying? <laughs> it's just I find it all very moving. So it's okay that I'm not as into this as you are. Oh my god. You shouldn't be here tonight. It's an interesting watch. I will never watch it again. Okay. Yeah. So there we are. That's it. I am completely fucking done. Should we move on? Nice. Jesus, that's a lot of stuff we watched. We just, yeah, we banged through them. It's all good. Yay. We needed to, uh, yeah. <sighs> I've got a quiz for you. Oh, brilliant. Quite excited about it. It'll probably go really quickly. Let's do it. Quiz. Quiz. I like the way that years ago, <clears throat> and I always, I always remember this because I think every time I do this voice now, I think of you saying it to me. You criticise me for <laughs> when I want to depict a moron, I use a northern voice, and you literally just did it for about three minutes there in the middle of your review, always. and earlier during your smile bit. <laughs> <laughs> your chickens have come back to roost, haven't they? Lisa's always accusing me of that. It's terrible. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, quiz. That quiz. <laughs> Don't even know what bloody accent it is. Um, okay, right. Quiz. It is episode sixty-six. <laughs> Can I start that again? <laughs> sixty-six. You can't say numbers. Now. Fuck it. Right, we'll just go from there. It's right. episode sixty-six. Sixty-six. All right. Okay. Route sixty-six. What's that? It's a famous like. Pilgrimage Trail in America. It's a road, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, road, vehicles. It's a guess the vehicles quiz for you. Okay. I have 12 vehicles here from um, telly and films, and you've got to guess what they are from my clues, be they I've got clips, I've got sound effects, I've got just voices, I've got whatever. So, whatever the clue is, anyway. Okay. Okay, are you ready for your first vehicle what's been in film and TV? Route 66 quiz. Quiz me up. Clue number one, guess the name of the... Famous movie vehicle or TV. What? What? Is that being like garbled up or something? Or no. Is that an actual sound? That's a sound it? from that vehicle. Uh, Actually, I thought you'd get this straight I, away. I can't do Alright, so is it, it's not the car from Knight Rider, is it? No, it is not the car from Knight uh, Rider. 
I don't know. It's, it sounds. It's, it always sounds like someone's taken from the Ghostbusters car Ecto One. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. So I should have had the music in the background. <laughs> Winston at the wheel. Yeah, I would have got that. Why are they always getting to be the driver? It's not a good look, lads. <laughs> right. Okay. Now another clip. Sorry. Didn't mean that. Vehicle number two. Okay, uh, this is a another sound clip, and you have to guess what vehicle is in this particular media being described. Okay. That's not the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning goes like this: clang, clang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, clang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang. Nobody does it better. And I'm a naked woman in silhouette with a gun, spinning round. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Okay. Well, that's so. That's this. That's the the sequence <laughs> where Alan Partridge describes Bond. Yeah. Because he's planning his Bond, big Bond yeah. weekend or whatever it is. So. So that I can't remember the exact, but presumably mm -hmm. they're describing the is it the car that goes underwater. Yep, it is. Do you know what sort of car it is? Because you and I are big petrol heads, so I'd expect you to oh, know yeah, this. Oh yeah, I know all the cars. <laughs> um, is it a Lamborghini? A lo Lotus? Yes, it a is Lotus. a Lotus Esprit. Oh, yeah, well Lotus. done. Yeah, yeah. It's a Lotus Esprit. I'll give you that. You knew what it was, so yeah, I'll give you that. It is the car that goes <laughs> yes. underwater. <Brilliant. laughs> okay, right. Um, number three. Um, oh, no, I don't really know how to do this. No. Um, okay, here we go. Hello there. I'm... Uh, <laughs> I got... <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't know why I wrote this. Okay. Um, I've got 53 written on me side, lads. Do you want to come and see me? I don't know what that means. 50, hang on, 53. Is that... It's not the the, the love car. <laughs> What's it fucking called? What's the love car called? The love bug? No. Yeah, the love that, bug. Do you know what, what its name is? Is it like... Henry, Something Hancock. Henry, uh, Henry, Henry Hancock? No, no. Harry Hancock. No, think of a famous bassist. Herbie Hancock. Yes, Herbie. Oh, well Herbie. done. It's yeah. Herbie. Hey. And of course, doing a shitty Paul McCartney impression because it's a... Uh... Beetle. Yay! <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Uh, we got there in the end. Uh. Okay. You got two out of three so far with um, extreme help from me. Right. Hey. Clue number four. I think you should get this one. You should definitely get this one. You. Oh, it's Knight Rider. The yeah. Kit. It's Kit. Very well right. Excellent. He's got two T's on. Brilliant stuff. Right, now, uh, clue number five. Okay, what vehicle is this? It's a vehicle that sports an unusual pair of gull-wing doors. It performed poorly, sold very terribly, yet became world famous in 1985. That's the DeLorean. It is the DeLorean. Fantastic, excellent stuff, yes. Gull-wing, that's what they're called. Gull-wing, I didn't know that. I just thought they were doors that open upwards, that's what yeah. I call them. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. You're doing pretty well, actually, now. I'm oh, very impressed. Right, now. Um, oh. <laughs> okay, so this is a clip from a film. Just to identify what the vehicle is in question, I have changed the pitch, or the speed of it, rather, to A, get on with it, and B, so it's not quite so obvious. Okay, okay. here we go. Oh, I know exactly what this is. 
Well done. So, what is it? That's it. It's the lambs. It's the van that he kidnaps. Very good. Yeah, I just have white van red. Excellent. Brilliant. Excellent stuff. Right. Ted Levine. I don't know. I don't know. Put the lotion in the basket. Fucking precious. Okay, next one. Okay, number seven. Okay. Zoik's Raggy. <laughs> what? Zoiks, Raggy. I'm not doing an impression. I, I don't know what that is. Zoiks. Zoiks. <laughs> I won't give you half. You don't get nothing for that. Um, okay, right. Uh, okay, right. Another clip. Okay, here we go. I mean, what are you talking about? Why do I not get... Because you didn't get... Say That's ridiculous. That's always the guy with the blonde hair. And it's like, I don't know. I correctly identified... Uh, all right, fine, whatever. No, it's not the shaggy bus. Okay, <laughs> it's the mystery machine. Um, no one's ever said, let's get to the shaggy bus. Right. Okay, right. You have to... Um, I bet they have. <laughs> yeah, you have to uh, guess what vehicle it is I'm referencing. Well, I'm not referencing, but I do need you to get the right vehicle, okay? Oh. Hey, Marge. Oh, like what you see, huh? I like it when you don't say words. Come here, you. <laughs> okay, what vehicle? So what I'm looking for. It's from The Simpsons, obviously. I've got my suspicions <coughs> that it might it, you might be making specific reference mm-hmm. to the snow plow from Mr. Plow episode. No the car. It's much more. Be- yep, a car. It's not the car that he designs. No. Well, I can't think of any other cars in The Simpsons. They got their car. Right. It's obviously not that, isn't it? Oh, all right. Well, what's the, that's a, like a weird old Volvo. It's not going to be that Volvo. Is it? <laughs> do they use Volvos in America? I, like I don't know. I don't know if they do. Um, it, it's like an old estate car that's like crammed with stuff, and I don't know what. I, I don't know how to describe. <laughs> what colour is Simpsons it? Simpsons car. It's pink. It's pink. I will accept that. I had either their pink Homer's pink car or Marge's orange station wagon. They have okay. two. They're a two car family. Okay, right. Um, the American well done. dream. Yeah. Okay. Uh, clue number nine. Meow, broom, broom. No, sorry. Meow, broom, broom. Um, is that from a Simon Pegg thing? No. Meow, broom, broom. Or just meow. Oh, I don't get it. No. Oh, oh no. Not, ooh, no. Ooh. Go on. It's not. We're not. Fa- no. Faster. No. Faster pussycat, kill, kill. <laughs> no, not it's not that. No. Not you. No. No. Meow. Uh, I didn't mean broom broom, I just meant broom broom. Uh, it's the cat bus from my neighbour Totoro. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, that was quite evil. Yeah. Okay, uh, clue number 10. Right. Tickets, please. I would accept one of two answers on this one. Is it the bus from On the Buses? <laughs> no. Tickets, please. What? A car? I don't know. It doesn't have to be a car. It's a vehicle. Quiz. Yeah, it's going to be a bus then, isn't it? Because what would they take? Or a train. <clears throat> train. Right. Last train. <laughs> train. Train man. <laughs> Ch- I don't train know. Man. <laughs> train man. Sorry, Peter Weller. Uh, no. All right, I'm gonna, you have to give this one up, I think. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't. It see. is. You, I could have either accepted the night bus or the Hogwarts Express, both from Harry Potter. Oh, I've not seen that. Well, there we are then. Sorry. Fuming. Okay, right now. Um, last two are again video ones. So, 
Hold on to your ass. Here we go. This is number 11. Right, what's that? That's one of the greatest series ever made, mm-hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation. Yep, what's the vehicle in that? Uh, it's the USS Enterprise NCC-1701D. <laughs> you fuck nerd! Oh, wow! I had no, I'd written the whole thing out thinking I'm going to get him unless he doesn't get it. You fucking got it! Wow! Yeah, well done. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> right, okay, fantastic. And last one is this. Okay. This is... Were you going to mark me down if I didn't get the code and no, shit? No, I wasn't. Okay. I just, it was all you had to get. Okay, right, here we go. Oh, I know this. How primitive can you get? An old piano, a door key, and Dick Mills one day stumbled upon the sound he'd been looking for. Do you recognise it? What's that? Well... That sounds mm-hmm. weird. That sounds more like when you stick a, a plectrum in between two strings on a guitar and you run them down the, yeah. the, the line like I was that. describing that, it's, it's a key on a piano gut. So what very famous vehicle makes that sound? A vehicle mm-hmm. makes the sound of a piano? Well, a piano string being struck with a key, yeah. And then it messed with obviously the sound, it's not. Do another listen? Oh, it's not the sound of like the lasers in Star Wars or something, is it? No, you're not, you're not far off. Uh, Doctor Who reference? Oh. Oh, is that how they make the TARDIS sound? It is how they make ah! the TARDIS sound, yes, very good, excellent. Very good. Yay, fantastic, yeah, like well it. done. Oh, okay, you know so you just got at the end there, I can hear it there. Yeah. And presumably slow it down <clears> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw some shit on it, yeah. That's brilliant. That is good, so you didn't get that one, you didn't get that one, you didn't get that one. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six out of 12. You're 50% acceptable. I'll, I'll have to have a chat with the. Um, Head lecturers to see whether they'll pass me on the course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well done. Fantastic. No, nice. I enjoyed that. Oh, good. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. That was good. Good fun. Right. That's episode 66 quiz out of the way. Should we get to our main feature? Let's feature it up, baby. Hey! Main feature time, and it's all about trades at cheapy stores so CEX pound shops charity shops whatever what's your worst trade at a CEX charity shop go on then Kit have you got an answer well it I mean I think the first time I talked about this to you was when I, I took I was trying to clear out a load of stuff and mm. I um, it was when I'd made the error really of not thinking that you know stuff they have stuff on Netflix on like rotation and that and not forever so, that's, so I was like I got rid of my Jonathan Creek box set <laughs> Plus, the first series of all the Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who's, right. I had them on like the individual ones rather than the box sets. Yeah, those little vanilla discs. Yeah, and like each one of those, they valued it. So it was something like 10p or something <laughs> like that. And anyway, I traded that, that and some other stuff, and I got in total, I got like six quid. And it was, it felt like it was all right at the time, and then, yeah, I was like... The, the Jonathan Creek box sets because I kind of I'd watched them a couple of times so I'm like well oh I know what all the endings are and like, I wasn't thinking straight I wasn't thinking like the, the, the fun <laughs> of it I wasn't thinking just straight the, yeah anyway it was more important for me to get rid of it yeah, yeah. silly boy nilly so, 
Yeah, even more recently than that as well. It's it's not just the trades. It's just it it always seems to be a funny experience in CEX. Like yeah. I went in there recently and bought Fallout Four for PS4. Okay, and they again bizarre. I just so I just been into game mm-hmm. and they had it there and it was like ten quid. I went to CEX and they had it there and it was one pound. <laughs> And I thought, surely they have miscategorised this, like they've stuck the wrong sticker on it. Yeah. Game of the year, whenever yeah. it came out, yeah. like so many places voted. So I stood, and they, they had, they were doing that thing where they they had like one person serving, and one person was just stood there, like doing something on another thing. Yeah, I don't know if they were getting someone's phone ready. <laughs> and it took, it took. I was stood in the queue to be served for. I would estimate about fifteen minutes. Holy shit! And it was just this moving so, and they were like, mm. "Sorry for the wait." It's like fine. And I felt bad that I was like, "I'm only spending a pound." <laughs> so I fully expected them to go like, "Yeah, this is wrong." Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was in my mind. I was like weighing up. Right, I've stood mm. in this queue long enough. How much would I be willing to pay for it? <laughs> for you know, in detent. But it turned out it was a pound. It care. was a quid. Just yeah. one pound. How about you? Tell us about your CEX. Well, I don't know. You know first... Always texting me saying, oh, they gave me, you know, 50p. For I know. It's just what, I remember when I first, uh, I first started, actually took stuff there, and it was like I had the Lost Box sets. And I thought, well, I'm never going to watch that again. I know. Again, I know the ending. And I thought, well, this will get me a pretty penny. <laughs> and it was it was the entirety of, like, series one, two, and three or something like that, and it was something like 15p per series. Wouldn't it be that now? It would be like a penny. It yeah. would literally be a penny. Uh, recently, I, I got them. I gave them the Blu-ray, the fucking Blu-ray to the Olympics. By the way, which wasn't mine. You know, the Olympic opening ceremony directed by Danny Boyle. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Penny, one p <laughs> for a fucking Blu-ray. Like, I didn't. It wasn't even mine. I just inherited a lot of stuff and took it down there. Actually, what was really embarrassing is I tried to give them Jonathan Creek series one to four. Turned out to be a fucking copy. <laughs> They're like, well, you can tell because it's blue. What? No, I can't tell. I don't know. I'm not in the trade. Yeah. Also, it has no barcode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. That's pretty obvious. But no, I did try and take a Wii Fit down there once. That was embarrassing because um, why would I have a Wii Fit? It wasn't mine. Someone gave it to me, so I can put it down there. But no, not really. I mean, it's just, it annoys me that these things, which people have spent so much time and love over, and then people have actually bought them to cherish, and then they are just like thrown away. They are worthless. They have, literally have almost no value. Yeah. It just sort of saddens me a little bit. But no, I love a bargain from CEX. I did. And I was talking about it last time. I got that. Um, I wanted no one else to get that Hitchcock Blu-ray box set. Mm. It's got Dial M for Murder in Blu-ray 3D. Wow. I fucking got it. Nice. Wow. Really good as well. Great film. Never seen it before. Well done. I've not seen that one, actually. Mm. It's good. good. You can borrow if you like, but I will insist you watch it in 3D. Okay. Which you can do I can now. do, because... Yeah. yeah. Um, your television is in my house. Uh, <laughs> no explanation of. needed. Yeah, Stuart Lee does one, one of his shows. He's got like old DVDs and he scatters them out the stage and he just spends the whole um, show walking back and forth, slowly crushing <laughs> the, the DVDs. Right. He's talking about the like his perceived lack of value. Yeah, these throwaway things. But mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. But that's, that's less about what we think. Mm. More about. What they think, yes. or you think, dear listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you want to crack on? Yeah, let's go for it. So, uh, Benjamin Lee says, possibly this very brightly coloured plastic stacking tower with a duck on top purchased in the last 15 minutes. Not the child. He's put a picture of his child playing with this toy. For the record, in view of the child, it's possibly the best purchase ever. Oh, that is cute. 
uh, Hazel uh, Maisel said, I once spent £30 on a Jason King box set from CX. That is a lot, £30 at, at CX. I don't know why. I got in quite a lot of trouble with my partner when I got home. We only ever watched one episode, and I feel periodically haunted by what a terrible value purchase it was, but not enough to endure watching any more episodes. Um, oh, Jason King. Who I, is Jason King? I don't know. Okay, I knew you wouldn't know this. Okay. <laughs> I will get in trouble with my nerdy mates for not like not knowing these things, but I do actually know who Jason King is. Played okay. by Peter Weingard. Right. Uh, it was a spin-off from Department S, which was one of those campy sort of 60s, possibly 70s shows where a bunch of, I don't know, really fashionistas somehow make um, a detective team. Don't know how that works. Um, now, the funny thing about Jason King was he was played by Peter Weingard, who is this sort of feline, sort of acrobatic-looking, most homosexual man the decade could throw out. He has this massive big moustache. Um, he's incredibly... He pretty much invented gay, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> Yet, in the show, he's this ladies' man. Right. Um... And it's very funny. It's very silly. It's not. So, I don't know if it's supposed to be. I've no idea. But I, I've just seen a, a handful of episodes, and I thought it was quite good fun. So Hazel, you know, if you want to, someone's actually got, Simon Colnott has said he'll give you twenty quid for it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you fifteen for it. <laughs> That's a good deal, isn't it? Nice. So yeah, no, Jason King, great. I mean, and of course, Peter Weingard very famously had this terrible, terrible album he recorded uh, with one song which I won't be including on our um, podcast called Rape. Oh really? Yeah, okay. where he it's both a offen- like offensively misogynist yeah. and really racist. It's about how so, different different cultures, different nationalities attempt rape. Do you know what? I think I might have heard that. Yeah. It's uh, quite violent. Yeah, I think uh, someone it might have been one of these I can't believe this exists sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rape. Rape. What you got? Um Kaylee Matson says, I bought a ridiculously noisy PS3 in CEX. I took it back days later for a swap. They gave me an even noisier one. Oh, Kaylee. Bastards. You can hoover them and make them... I don't know who's going to the trouble of actually... Invalidating the warranty, do second hand. No one gives a shit. Um, I did it on my PS4. You sound like a jet engine now. It's very nice and cool and calm and it's like a little cat. Yeah. I've, I, think I had a couple of... PS3s out of because they sell them for like 60 quid or something like that. Mm. the first one I had was new and it lasted 8 years and then I subsequently well. after that I had to have like 2 more because they were bought <laughs> second hand and they were also on their last yeah. legs the one that I've now I've, I'm now using the PS4 but the one that I've got because there's some games which they don't haven't produced like a, mm. a remake of or anything like that so I've still got it and we'll get it out occasionally to play them um, it's the one that you have to turn it up at like a 45 degree angle to make it load the games. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fucked, but oh, it's, it's, it's good. No, it's okay. good uh, Dave John Roberts says, never ever. Well, um, what does that mean? I don't understand. I guess he's that. never going to do... Maybe it means he won't trade anything in there because he values all of his Oh, going material. back to our, our DVD yeah. things. I mean, I, the thing is, what I did was I got rid of all the covers and stuff and put them all in sleeves and wallets and stuff like that for space. Which kind of made sense at the time. I now slightly regret that, and I did start printing off Doctor Who DVD covers mm. um, to put those back at least. Uh, although, again, they're in the attics, so no one can see them. But then I've just started to start buying vinyl, which is even bigger. So I've, I've got I've got fucking issues, I know it. <laughs> Go on, now, what does Ian Woodhouse say? Ian Woodhouse says, Anything better than nothing, I thought, when I took a pile of DVDs in. We'll give you the princely sum of fuck all, they said. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Um, did someone really say that to you in a in a short shot? <laughs> very rude, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is rude. Darren Floyd said, saw a Blu-ray of Hammer's woeful last gasp, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, for a tenner. 
Bought it, but I couldn't play it on my Blu-ray. Watched it on YouTube instead. It was worse than I remembered. True story. <laughs> Tenor. Well, actually, that's I, a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I was listening tonight. I over listened to the people in there, and they said they are guided by volume. Basically, so if they've got a thousand hangovers, that's why it's only 10p or whatever. Right. But if it's a rarity, like you know, Hammer's Last Garth and Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, that will be more. Oh, so that's why my copy of Fallout was a pound, because they had like a whole rack of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, again, it doesn't make sense why people are... It's funny, because some games come out, they, 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 you never see them secondhand. And yet yeah. there's that there, like I say, which mm-hmm. was voted... Game of the Year multiple times. Like yeah. The other thing you see in there all the time is copies of Skyrim. Again, in my opinion, it's one of the best games ever made. Like, mm-hmm. and and also, you can literally play Skyrim for like three hundred hours yeah, yeah. and not repeat yourself. <laughs> Who's next? It's Paul Kirkley. Uh, Paul Kirkley says, "I tried to sell CX my duplicate, obviously DVD of Victoria Woods' wonderful TV film Pat and Margaret." But they said it wasn't on their system and was therefore, in their eyes, worthless. And yet they'd probably pay you 50p for some shit Jean-Claude Van Damme straight-to-video actioner. But hey, what should I have expected from a shop with an overpowering smell of B.O., Lynx Africa and virginity? (laughs) Um, So this is actually interesting because that's that's a good point. Because just because they haven't allowed for Mm. that item to exist mm-hmm. they won't pay anything for it yet yeah, surely it's still a saleable item you stick a barcode on it and... yeah make it up uh, I would just think well what would someone want to pay for the Victoria Wood wonderful TV film Pat and Margaret I'm not sure I would maybe want to watch the TV film Pat and Margaret should no we want to watch Pat and Margaret should we, should we get it on after this do you know what I don't <laughs> want to watch it <laughs> sorry Paul is that alright then picking us up after Roger Wilco I'll be there Mrs. Woman, get on. I might be too famous to talk to you by then. Oh, oh the telly. Television business. What's it called? Magic moments. Baz Collins traded a few Wii games for Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Never played it. I even got an adapter thing so I can play it with enhanced motion control or whatever. I've seen as a Zelda game, it's pretty bollocks anyway. So why did you trade it for that? What? Don't trade it for a game you've never played. That's nutty. I've, I've done stuff like that before though. Like you, you It's in the moment, sometimes mm. you think, oh yeah, it'll be alright, it'll be alright. And then yeah. you get it home and you're like, this is shit. This is as shit as I knew it was <laughs> going to be. And you're willing, sometimes when something is like 50p or whatever mm-hmm. it is, they sell stuff, that you're willing to take a chance on it. Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah. But but, but if you've traded something good for it, then mm-hmm. that, that's, yeah, obviously. Almost though, does the the value of the thing, well, does the does the price of something affect the value in your head? Yes, 100%. Yeah, completely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's often weird, actually. When I buy video games, and often when I buy films too... I, and this is a really strange thing to say, but I don't think I'm buying that product. I'm buying the time to play it. I'm saying, mm. right, I'm going to allow myself some time now to play the game. never fucking happens because I've got, <laughs> you know, two kids and things to do. I was going to say, that's such a family man thing <laughs> to say. Yeah. <laughs> it just never happens. So that's why I've got this, just, I've got cupboards and cupboards of un- the, the potential to watch and play things, but it never happens. Right, uh, Josh Gator is yours, sorry. Uh, Josh Gator says, I bought Mark Owen's Green Man album and The Boy with the X-Ray Eyes by Babylon Zoo, both 50p from a cash converter. 
both purchased ironically but secretly enjoyed. Do you know what? I mean, I can't speak on the Mark Ern album, but I, I, I always liked the single, the Babylon Zoo single, uh, Space. What's it, is it called Space, Space Man? Man. Did yeah. you like the first forty-five seconds and hate the rest, or did you like the actual slow grungy sort of? I like the grun. I like the slow grungy bit, mm-hmm. and the, the right. dance bit is the bit because I've never really liked that sort of like yeah. dance stuff. Yeah. Like that, but. Okay, that's um, unusual because most people thought the other way around. They they liked the dancey bit and hated the rock bit. Well, it was the 90s, wasn't it? It was the 90s, yeah. They were yeah. all high. I mean, Marco, and if it's got um, his green man, if it's got Clementine on it, Clementine, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Josh. What a, what a banger. I should pray. Could somebody help with Clementine? Did you know that Marco's favourite band is Radiohead? I do now. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's his favourite Radiohead song? Is it Reckoning? It's Exit Music for a Film. Oh, I do like that one. Yeah. Hang on. Mm, I get that mixed up with... Um, Way from your sleep. That's, that's it. That is it? Yeah, oh, okay, fine. It, yeah. I don't get it mixed up then. That is the right one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Weird oh, really? fact. Oh, okay, thank you very much. Uh, Steve O'Brien says I remember spending about half an hour selling a massive pile of DVDs and at the end the person behind the desk telling me it would be about 76p for cash or one pound six for voucher half a fucking hour do you know what half the reason I suggested this as a topic yeah. was to try and goad Steve into telling that story which you've like alluded to on several occasions that's very funny. I, I dislike that bit because I always ask for vouchers because I never get the cash. Oh, yeah. Unless, I think one time I think I sold an iPhone and I got the cash because it was quite a lot. But generally, I'm only going to respend it there anyway. Yeah. I'll be back next week. Do you know what? I used to think in CEX, have they noticed they give you like a hundred years or something or a thousand yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous like that. Steve used to think it was only like a week. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd have to hurry by something <laughs> anything. Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um... um <sighs> It's me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Simon Colnut says, all the clothes I've ever bought in a charity shop. Because you're getting a bargain, you convince yourself it's a good fit, or you can wear something decades out of fashion, ironically. It isn't, and you can't. <laughs> also, didn't buy it, but once saw an Oxfam, the Daniel Craig Casino Royale DVD... In the case of the David Niven Casino Royale, The Humanity. That's really funny. <laughs> they are very different films. <laughs> That's funny. That reminds me of that picture I sent of you. <laughs> it's really funny. So I was at a, a National Trust Gardens in um, near Tiverton. I can't remember the name of them. Knights Hayes Court. You know, all really nice. You go into their, what is named their library, where mm-hmm. they've got like book, uh, books for sale and that. <laughs> And in the corner, it's amongst all the books, they've got mm. this like corner shelf with a load of games in. It's like, That's why right. are you selling these here? And they had, again, couldn't have been more classic. Mm. Two of the things that they were selling, they had like three copies of the same FIFA game <laughs> and the PS3 like disc cleaner disc. <laughs> And you think how how have they acquired this? Who working there has gone? Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I will accept that, in. that into our library. The, oh my god, the the, uh, the FIFA games are the ones whose value plummet more than any other title out there. Even like Call, like Call of Duties, at least they hold their value a little bit more because they're they're produced annually. 
And of course, it's based on what team makes the cut of that disc because it's done, you know, time sensitive. So whoever's in a team at that particular time, they can now these days. They can probably update them via oh. patches across the internet. Across the internet, I sound like my fucking granddad. I didn't even have a granddad. On He's the dead. internet, <laughs> but um. Literally, you can get uh, 40, 50 pounds when a FIFA comes out around September. I bought one full price once because I don't like football, but I love football games. And uh, by the next year, that will be worthless. For a, a social experiment, I put a copy of, I think it was like FIFA 14 or something like that, on, on the window of our office at the front. And me and my brother-in-law, we worked together, we saw how long it would be before someone took it. It's fucking days. <laughs> Someone did eventually. We saw a gang of youths walk past like, FIFA game here for free. And they just took it. But yeah, it took forever. That's funny. Uh, right. Um, Ivan Kirby. I only go into CX for the hot nerds who work there. You must have a very different CX from the one we have. <laughs> um, possibly a tinge of sarcasm. Maybe, yeah. Um, they're all no very offense sweet. to anyone no, who works in They're CX. really sweet and yeah. they're very helpful. Yeah. But I don't want to see any of you naked. P. Grant Jennings. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an old fashioned oil magnate from the sort of <laughs> 18th century. Oh, P. Grant America. Jennings wears one of them bolo ties. Um, second vote for the Jason King box set here. Not because it was expensive, but because it's terrible. There's only one good episode, and that's on the ITV60 box set anyway. The rest is leftover scripts from The Saint and Randall Hopkirk, apparently filmed through a frayed sock. Ooh, very harsh. Okay. Yeah, but it, they don't have Peter Weingard in it, yeah. being his sort of rapey self. No. I've learnt a lot about Jason <laughs> King and all <laughs> that's that it. Sort of Watch stuff. it, it's really funny. It's, J- it's, it's like a prototype for um, like Austin Powers kind of thing. Okay, just the name, just the the name Jason King mm. sounds to me like the sort of person that would not do MMA but would mm-hmm. be on commentary for MMA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a horrible, slimy, toady sort of like misogynist. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> I'm glad we sorted that out. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that was that then, wasn't it? That did was you fun. have any others? Did you put any on Twitter? I don't I did, do you know what? Did. For once, I yeah. did put it on the Twitter. Oh, and I've got a story as well, actually, to add. I forgot. Um, to actually, we're going to redeem the beloved staff of CEX here with a story from Will. Uh, he said, by the way, Miles, I have a CEX story. It's not mine, but a friend used to work there. Someone brought in some games to trade in, and when they opened up one of the boxes, found two used Johnnies inside. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, that's revolting. <laughs> that's my favourite. <laughs> ben Pierce says, I once traded about eight Xbox One games for a Switch game and some Disney Blu-rays for the wife. That was a terrible trade for me. Lol. I did pick up some classic... <laughs> I did pick up some classic PC games for about 99p once. GTA and Tomb Raider, I think. It can be great if you pick wisely. Hey. Yes, it can. Um. <laughs> I sort of like the shitness of that joke. <laughs> um, that's good. I actually, I do remember buying, this isn't very interesting at all, but I brought the Grand Theft Auto 3 on, uh, <laughs> on PS2 and I meant to get the PC version. <laughs> oh, what no. a boner I looked when I got home. Yeah, classic yeah. boner. Yeah. Um. Right, that's that then. Uh it's the last Monday of every month. It's NTSE Day. That's what we're sticking to. That's the schedule this year. It's 2023. Thank you very, very much for joining me, Kit. Yes. Yes. And thanks you uh, ever so much for listening to us as well. Uh, black power and good night. <laughs>
Bye. Bye. Why did you say that? Smile.